0: Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson.
1: Hello and welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast and Catch Cover Live. Uh, We're gonna continue to discuss great ice fishing destinations here on the Catch Cover Podcast this season. Today, we're going to be talking Otter Tail County with Randon Olson from Lockjaw Guide Service and Eric Osberg from the Outdoor Report. He is also the Rural Rebound Initiative Coordinator with Otter Tail County. Gentlemen, thanks for coming on the show.
2: Happy to be here. Thanks All for having right. us.
1: Let's uh, let's start with Eric first because this is a super easy question. Uh, Eric, where is Otter Tail County?
0: That is an easy question. Uh, but I'm glad you asked. We're in the north central, northwest central part of the state. We like to say that we're in the middle of everywhere. We're 45 minutes due eastish ish of Fargo-Moorhead and roughly two and a half, three hours northwest of the Minneapolis-St. Paul area.
1: So basically straight west and... Uh... Kind of right up there, you're one county off from being on that uh, North Dakota border. So, yep. uh, straight over there. And uh, let's kind of get an answer from both of you guys. What is so special about Ottertail County, Randon, You can start.
2: I uh, I gotta say, just the variety. The variety is the spice of life, and and there's there's not much you can't do here, really. I. Actually off the top of my head, I can't think of anything you can't do here, except maybe catch a tarpon or something like that. But um, yeah, you you just, you can kind of pick and choose what you want to do, right? It's all here. So whether you hunt, fish, um, walk, shop, all that stuff, we're just kind of in the middle.
1: All right, Eric, your turn. We have 1,048
0: lakes, which is more lakes than any other county in the United States. And to put that in perspective, if you fished a new lake or if you visited a new lake once a week, it would take you 20 years to see them all. So 1,048 lakes, um, as Randon said,
1: there's lots of different ways to enjoy the area. But if you're into ice
0: fishing, uh, we've got something for you.
1: So 1,048 lakes in Minnesota is the land of 10,000 lakes. you got 10% of them right there. But uh, my grandpa always got a snicker out of that. He said, Yeah, they count every pothole up there.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the official acreage is to qualify as a lake. Um, maybe we're counting some smaller ones, but uh, 1,048, any way you slice it, is a lot.
1: It's a lot. It's 10% of all of them. Uh, one of the things that you guys always talk about and I always hear about is uh, big panfish in Otter Tail County. Uh, what can people expect if they come out to Ottertail County for the first time?
2: You want it, Eric, or you want me?
1: I want you to go first.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, so the, they call it panfish paradise, and uh, they're not lying for sure. You know, all those lakes, the, the 1,048 lakes, like Eric mentioned, um, probably 1,045 of them are, are really good panfish lakes. Um, we've just got the right makeup here. We've got a lot of the good weed beds Our lakes set up really nice for the way panfish like to live. Um, so they tend to grow pretty large, pretty quick. And uh, we have actually put in some some initiatives the last couple of years of dropping the limits down to protect some of those bigger fish. But that's kind of a little different operation there. But um, it's just, you don't even have to know a whole lot about it because there's, there's so many people up here that do it. Um, even if you have no idea where to go, you can kind of look for a giant community of houses and you'll be on some fish, you know. Um, but if you want to put a little research in, it won't, still won't take you too long. Um, you go online, you can look at stocking surveys, and uh, the biggest the biggest compliment I get up here is when people come from down south, um, you know, seven to eight, nine-inch bluegills is kind of normal up here, where everywhere else seems to be a lot smaller. So um, crappies are kind of the same way, that, that 10 to 12-inch range is probably our average fish up here, um, with 15s are not uncommon. Um, even 16s we get guys catching 16s throughout the winter so uh it's definitely Panthers paradise and uh you've got plenty of options
1: all right eric what do you think
0: i I couldn't agree with with Randon Moore um my my boy who's sitting in the truck next to me at the moment willie's in the in the truck with me but uh his personal best bluegill is 11 inches and he got it in ottertail county and until you've seen an 11 inch blue, you know, if you take out a ruler, whoop, my phone's slipping, if you take out a ruler and you measure 11 inches, that's a beast. It doesn't even look like a bluegill anymore. Um, so those trophies and Randy mentioned the trophy, uh, crappies as well. The trophies are here. Um, I've, I've had a, a group of anglers out and a, a gal was holding up a 15 and some inch crappie. And she's like, I thought I had to go to Canada to catch these. I'm like, Nope. Um, and, and Randon mentioned it a little bit as well, those, those initiatives to try to, A, preserve, and B, promote trophy fisheries. Anglers, we really have to be careful about selective harvesting. Um, you know, those big bluegills, it takes them a long time to get that big. And you start pulling those bigger bluegills out of the system, those smaller bluegills get to put their energy into reproduction rather than growth. And not only that, but you take the genetics out of the system. So... We we encourage folks to come enjoy panfish paradise, but please, pretty please, do it responsibly and uh, use selective harvesting and 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 leave the trophies for, for someone else to enjoy.
1: Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about that and get into maybe a little bit more detail about that. And again, if anyone has any questions for Randon or Eric, go ahead and put them in the comments so we can get them to them now. But uh, uh, what is being done to kind of protect them? You guys talked about initiatives. What are those initiatives? And also, uh, what is it, you know, about the area that you think kind of creates this situation where you've got the fish that you've got? Uh, we can start with Randon.
2: So the initiatives are, a lot of them are dropping the, the, the possession limits down from like if bluegills, normal possession limits, 10 a day. Um, they're dropping it down to like five and same with crappies, they're dropping it from I'm dropping it down a ways um, and that's more or less to protect the fisheries that we have. We, we've seen it time and time again, um, when a lake gets hot, everybody and their brother goes there and it goes for like a year, maybe two years, and then the lake, nobody fishes it anymore because the fish died out. Um, so we're trying to protect that by dropping these numbers down, these possession limits, and it, it, it's really going to help. Um, the flip side is we still got to, like Eric mentioned, practice our selective harvesting. Um, especially when it comes to any lake really but those initiative lakes because those initiative lakes have shown the potential to grow very large pen fish that's why those initiatives are on there to save the lakes and protect them um, so when you are up here you know those those seven to eight inch fish are perfect to take home and eat but let's try to you know get those eight and a half definitely nines tens elevens i mean if you're going to take one home to mount it no big deal but let's throw those other ones back we don't need let's throw those other ones back we don't need to be eating those, So.
0: Yeah, and as far as why we have such good fisheries um, I I would compliment the DNR I mean they they're they they're, you know the fisheries department in Fergus Falls they work really hard they've got a staff to, to try to monitor the lakes um, and uh, you know the the and, and again Randon mentioned it a little bit earlier but the the types of lakes that we have, they have good weeds. They have good structure. They've got good oxygen levels. And, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, walleye is every, you know, walleye is arguably the most popular fish. And so in the state of Minnesota anyways. And so a lot of times what happens is is the, the, the pan fishing, and I would argue the bass fishing or the pike fishing, you know, those other species get overlooked or underappreciated. And so... When you when you take the environment that these fish are naturally in, and again, from a natural standpoint, these 1048 lakes, most of them are naturally bass panfish lakes, mesotrophic, I think is the technical term. You know, so um the the, the attention that walleyes get and just the 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 mother the way Mother Nature set up the the, the lakes in this area, that's what that's what leads to uh panfish paradise.
1: All right. If you got any questions for Randon or Eric, go ahead and put them in the comments, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook. And uh, just also want to point out, Eric is joining us from his vehicle right now, but he is pulled over, so he's he <laughs> is doing it safely. So if you see the car, you're like, "Hey, hopefully this guy's not driving down the highway at 65 miles an hour." He if did if, pull over if, the, if the car starts rocking, it's because it's super super windy. So it's not
0: it's not me driving. It's just it's just really windy.
1: All right, Eric, you talked about uh, walleyes, and I know you've got Walleye Willie sitting right next to you. Uh, Walleyes, there he is. What's going on, Willie? Uh, Walleyes uh, are, like you say, they're the big ticket fish in Minnesota, and you've got those as well. We've been talking panfish, but I know the National Walleye Tour was just out there on Otter Tail Lake. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the walleyes out your Neck of the Woods.
0: Well, we – I like to call it a lot of our fisheries are quantity versus quality. That being said, there are big walleyes. Uh, If if anybody paid attention to the national walleye tour championship, when it was here, um, the kid that won it, Eric McCoy, he was able to stick a, I think a 26 and a 28 on the same day. And, and for, for that fishery, that that's not common, right? Like you're not coming to Otter Till Lake to catch a fish of a lifetime. It can happen, but uh, you're coming to Ottertail Lake to, to get a fish fry. And, and Randon, when he's guiding, especially during the summer months, he spends a lot of time on Ottertail. And um, I've seen Randon catch a, a 29 and a half on Ottertail Lake, but it, it's literally a walleye factory. There's a, there's a DNR uh, 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 hatchery uh, near, near on the Dead River that runs from uh, Ottertail to, to Walker Lake. And so, if you're looking for quantity, um, Ottertail Lake is is a good option. One A. All
1: right, Brandon, uh, your thoughts on walleyes in Ottertail County?
2: Yeah, like Eric said, it's it's definitely a, a quality over quantity area. Um, but with that being said, with 1,048 lakes, um, the DNR has done a really good job at it kind of excluding a couple that can really show that they can build big fish, and and they kind of set some regulations on those lakes to improve that size structure. You know, we've got, there's just a handful of lakes just around my house that we you could go to. And you might not catch 50 fish in a day, but every bite could be a 10 pound walleye too. Um, so it's kind of, it's what you what you want to make it when you come up here. If you want fish, there's plenty of lakes to go and just get your fish to eat. Um, if you're chasing a trophy, there's plenty of lakes as well that you can go out um, and, and get that trophy fish and have the shot at it. Um, you kind of got to decide what you want. Um, but overall, all of our lakes have, I would say, better than average walleye fishing. Um, time dependent a little bit on them, but better than average overall. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter, big or small, you can get out of the wind and go to a small lake and and you can do just as good as you could have did on the big lake. So, um, variety is the spice of life. We got that here. I've said that again, but, uh, it's, it's true up here. It really is.
1: I've seen you on YouTube, Randon, talking uh, pike setups with tip-ups. Tell me about the pike fishing up in Otter Tail County.
2: Yeah, the pike fishing, um, you know, since the new regulations went in where people are keeping, we've seen a big uptick in in pike. Um, They're trying to get rid of those smaller kind of hammer handle pike. Um, if you will. And uh, it's working really well. A lot of people are keeping those. And just in the last couple years of seeing that, I'm actually starting to see a little bigger size on average of the pike. Um, And and the nice thing is, is is pike bite, rain, shine, wind, kind of whatever whatever the weather's going, the pike are always active. So, um, and they're in basically every little pothole, slough, lake, pond, everything up here um but a lot of opportunities for pike uh we got a few opportunities for real giant pike um but you're gonna have to do a little research um if you want one of those 20 plus pounders um otter is a great place to do it um big pines another great place um, we got a lot of lakes that got those, those opportunities for giant pike you're just gonna have to do a little research to look but if you're just looking to catch some pike and have some fun you can throw a dart at the map and go about anywhere
1: eric one of the Cool things, one of the things I really enjoy, uh, and if you guys are on Facebook, you got to uh, subscribe to the Outdoor Report because Eric's going live all the time throughout the summer and the winter, but uh, you're on the lake all the time, Eric. It seems like I, I see you out there doing different things. Tell me about uh, some of the, the pike adventures that you've had out there in your neck of the woods.
0: Randon's right. There's a there's a chance at a, at a trophy pike. Uh, Willie's personal – well, your personal best came on the lacs but he's gotten uh one day we got a 37 and a 36 um i was fishing in a high school tournament on otter tail and the the kid that i had this wasn't ice fishing this was open water but the kid i had in the boat with me he got his personal best on one cast and then three three cat which was like 33 and then three casts later he got a 36 so yeah there's big pike and I, and one of our favorite ways to interact with those big pike is spearing and so spear fishing is is a great way to um figure out you know it, yogi Berra said it best you can you can observe you, you can learn a lot by observing right and and whether you're targeting pike specifically or you're just shallow water sight fishing which is something that we we tend to do um you get to see all sorts of things and not only do you just get to see all sorts of fish but you get to see how they interact with your baits and things like that so with a lot of the the clear water lakes that we have spearing is another way to to enjoy the the healthy pike population.
1: Hey guys most of the shows we've done uh this year so far have been based on places like Mille Lacs or Upper Red or Lake of the Woods kind of one one place but uh, we're talking about a full area here a county uh, lots of different lakes as you guys have said and I don't want you to Give away any of your super secret honey hole type of spots, but what are some lakes that that people, if they're coming out to uh, Ottertail County for the first time, they should kind of look at as a place to kind of get started in your area? And Randon, you can go first.
2: Yeah, there's there's kind of a, a big few number of lakes that everybody's kind of heard of in Ottertail County. You've got Ottertail, uh, Big Pine, Little Pine, Rush. Um, there's a couple others that I can't even think of right now. There's so many lakes up here, but th- those ones are kind of the big ones that everybody kind of knows about. Uh, a lot of resorts on there for people to stay at. Um, and they're great fishing. They're great all around fishing lakes, um, which is nice. You can go on one lake and in the morning, get your panfish. middle of the day, get your pike and go back in the afternoon, and get your wallets, you know, um, there, there's a ton of opportunities up here. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of the small lakes don't get the credit they deserve. Um, but that's kind of the beauty up here is there's always something new to explore.
1: Eric, uh, were there any, any of that ran and left off that are some lakes that you wouldn't mind sharing?
0: Well, here's what I will share. If you look at Ottertail, Dead, and Star, those are three lakes that are connected. You've got 25,000 acres of water between those three lakes. That's a lot of water. Um, and that's just three of them. So no, I just reiterate what Randon said. You know, Ottertail is a good place to. You know, if you're going walleye fishing, Ottertail is a great lake. Big Pines is a great multi-species lake. Rush Lake is a great multi-species lake. Um, it does get hard to name names because as, as the lakes get smaller and smaller, you're you're really guarded against what Randon alluded to earlier. Once a once a hot bite, once word of a hot bite gets out, it, it tends to get a little bit more pressure than it can handle. Um, but, uh, if, if you're, if you're into walleyes, otter tail is a good place to start. All
1: right, guys, our show caters to all ice anglers, but we focus kind of on the wheelhouse and kind of the hard sided, uh, crowd. And when we talk about Mille Lacs and Upper Red and Lake of the Woods, we talk about, uh, you know, all these roads and road passes and stuff like that. Is there anything like that in your neck of the woods that people come out there to go fish Ottertail? What are they going to find when they pull up with with their wheelhouse?
2: So I don't we don't have that I'm aware of. There's not a road pass area where you go buy a ticket or nothing. All of our lakes are public lakes. Public accesses to all the lakes, and uh, if there's one fish house out there, usually somebody's making a road out there. Um, I know myself personally with the rentals. I've I've got. I've got roads going all over the place in the winter. Half the time I'm going to spots that I might fish and I never make it there. So I got tons, I have webs all over the lake and uh, you know, it's public lake. Um, So it's never an issue really up here to to just come up from the city, bring your wheelhouse. Um, You can find somewhere to put it on a good piece of structure and a good spot to fish. And uh, for the most part, you can get away without having a plow on on your truck. And now when I say that, I want you to be mindful too, Just you can flood roads, and you can do some bad things in the winter if you just set up on a road and start drilling holes. So, so just be a little mindful, kind of use your common sense. When you and do stuff, but.
0: It's I would add, it's always good to have a buddy who has a plow on the front of his truck. Uh, there, there are usually you know a pretty good system of roads on Ottertail. There's usually a pretty good system on 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 Big Pine, um, and and if you're talking early ice, you're not necessarily talking wheelhouses. But uh, you know, obviously, it's all weather dependent. Um, some years are harder than others to, to to get around to move around. There's been some years where you get a spot that you get, and you're just going to have to grind it out there. Um, but you know, guys like Randon who are renting fish houses, they're on most of the popular lakes, uh, making sure they can get around, and um, and that and that and that helps us. us those of us without a plow truck helps us get around too.
1: Yeah, I think when people take a lot of these trips, what they're looking for is kind of a, a weekend deal where they're going to go out and kind of have a good time and hang out with their buddies. And one of the things that people really enjoy, even if they're bringing their wheelhouse out, is going in and having a, a nice supper club dinner and having the opportunity to go and get the things you want to get if you need some groceries. Eric, can you tell us a little bit about what uh, what that is like as far as resort life? Up in Ottertail County,
0: absolutely. Um, I, again, I, I don't want to give too much attention to Ottertail Lake, but you know, if if it's if if you have a wheelhouse and you, and, and you want to go to town, do you like you said to have a good meal? You've got the Otter Supper Club right there in Ottertail. You've got cars and you've got um, uh, the other gas station. They've got bait. Uh, there's Willie T's Thumper Pond. If if you don't have a wheelhouse, Thumper Pond Resort. Which is not on Ottertail, but it, which is right next to Ottertail, they've got an indoor water park. So you could bring the kiddos, you could bring the family, and if 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 you're you know going out and fishing during the day, uh, they can be hanging out in the pool, or you can be hanging out in the pool and going fishing at night. But uh, there's a lot of resorts that are that are open year round. Um, uh, Holly's Resort, which is on Ottertail, is open year round. Shady Grove Resort, which is on Rush Lake is open year-round. East Silent Lake Resort, which is on East Silent Lake, is open year-round. You've got hotels. You know, if you're just looking for a place to crash for the night, you've got Battle Lake Inn and Suites. You've got Country Inn and Suites in Perm, Country Inn and Suites in Parker's Prairie. And uh, Fergus Falls, obviously, there's there's uh, some hotels there too. So there's a pretty cool nightlife if, if, if your nightlife is burgers and beer and uh, places to shop and 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 all sorts of things you can do other than catch fish. But uh, if you're going to just hunker down in the shack for the weekend, that's okay too.
1: I just work in, and I, I know that you get out on the show and you guys start talking to people and they start asking where you're from. And if someone were to ask you, let's say you guys are working the St. Paul show and someone says, hey, I'm thinking about bringing my wheelhouse out to Otter Tail County, what would be your best advice to them? And uh, we'll let Randon answer first.
2: I would say... Lloyd.
1: That was kind of a tough one. I know it is, but if they're like, hey, thinking about bringing my house out there, what should I do? What should I bring those type of things
2: Yeah, um, you know you, first off, I think if you're coming up to fish, the, one of the best things you can do is, is start making some phone calls before you come up right call call some of the sports shops, um, you know even some of the gas stations they're they're listening, they're hearing the reports coming in from everybody getting bait. Um, just call around a little bit and kind of see, what the word is first you know it'll give you a good idea where to start what lake you're going to hit and that kind of stuff and uh you know like Eric said um you're not far from everywhere anywhere here um even if you're out in some of the remote lakes you're still only 15-20 minutes from town so um you're never too far away if you need a few things but that would be my biggest advice is call some of the bait shops um gas stations things like that and just try to get some of the info out of them um usually they're pretty willing to spill it
0: all right Eric your turn all right, I'm going to give a plug for Randon here. I would, if you were coming up to Ottertail County for the first time, I would book even if you have your own wheelhouse, right? Like if you're if you're looking to rent a shack, obviously call Randon. But even if you have your own wheelhouse, hire hand hire Randon to guide you for a half a day or for a full day, uh, whether you're out of portables or whatever it might be. But every every time I've spent time with Randon or another guide, there's other guides. Besides Randon, but um, anytime I've spent time with guides, I always learn something. Whether it's, and it's not always just the spot, right? You learn how they're rigging their rods, you learn what baits they're using, you learn what lures they're using, and, and, and you learn how they break down a body of water or why they're fishing the spot that they're fishing. So, uh, again, shameless plug for Randon. I would, if you're coming up for the first time ever, give Randon a call, see when he's available. If Brandon's not available, there's uh, lots of other guides in the area uh, that are that are super knowledgeable. And even if it's just for a morning, it, it it's money well spent.
1: All right, guys, I'm sitting at my local bait shop right now. I just called you. I'm heading out to Otter Tail. Uh, it's January, and I'm trying to figure out what I should put in my tackle box. What are what are kind of the hot baits and the things that you guys think are, are the perfect baits to be bringing out there? Maybe I want to catch a, so a little bit of panfish and maybe a little bit of walleye on the side.
2: Um, yeah, so so you got to kind of go by the calendar a little bit. Calendar and weather kind of go back and forth. But uh, general rule of thumb is the earlier into ice season we are, uh, the more aggressive you're going to be. Um, things like that. Things kind of fast moving baits. Um, you're going to cause a lot of ruckus down there and you're gonna make fish bite. Um, generally, the farther into winter we go, the more towards like a dead stick, uh, rattle reels, um, drop shot rigs, um, things like that, things that aren't gonna move a whole lot and kind of stay a little bit more stationary, a little more little more finessey. Um, that stuff's gonna get better as the season goes. Um, unfortunately, so our walleye season closes before those fish kind of turn back around late March, that late ice. Um, so we don't get to fish that time period. So you're going to kind of end the year in that that finessey slower bite time of the year. So just kind of be prepared for that. Early, get aggressive. Late, slow it down a little.
1: All right, Eric, your turn.
0: I like to stay aggressive all year. Um, I those rattle rattle baits. You know, whether it's a, a, a rip and wrap from from Rapala, and and you can you can just downsize, right? Like you could have a number three, a number five, a number seven and um that's a really and, and it's a multi-species lure especially if you're on a crappie slash walleye lake um i i don't disagree with randon that's really sound advice but i'm i'm too impatient if you will sometimes and so i like to have a big loud bait that that uh i can find aggressive fish fish and the and this isn't necessarily a a, a lure advice but don't be afraid to go shallow. I, I I said it as many times as I can say, um, big walleyes or even little walleyes, walleyes, I believe when they're aggressive, when they're feeding, when they're in the mood to eat, they're, they're, they can be less than 10 feet of water, a lot. And especially if anybody's ever speared, they've seen them up there. Um, so whether you're running tip-ups or, you know, Whatever it is that you're doing, don't be afraid to look. Because again, when we get to ice fishing, we think about humps and we think about breaks, um, but think about shallow water. And it, it might just be a it might just be a rock pile. It might be a clump of not so dead weeds. There's sometimes there's a lot of reasons walleyes go shallow, and one of the main reasons is to eat, which hopefully leads to more bites.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, Eric. And one of the things that I also wanted to ask you about, and last time I was on the ice with you guys while I, Willie, was busy doing kind of a survey, a little bit of an experiment. He was looking at live bait versus plastic. How did that all turn out?
0: Do you remember how- that science experiment? Yeah. Which one? Live bait or, or plastic?
1: The live bait worked a lot better
0: live bait work
1: I, I think the results were like plastics had like nine fish and live bait had like 20 something
0: 2 to 1 almost
1: yeah
0: 2 to 1 yeah is, you know so as far as bait goes a, a bucket of of wax worms a, a tub of wax worms and any you know if you're in a panfish a tub of wax worms and a and a and a small jig tungsten jig and an ultralight rod or a light rod and uh that's predominantly how we target bluegills anyways
1: so walleye or walleye willies got it all dialed in for everybody. You got to bring those waxies with you when you come out to Otter Tail. We've been talking about bringing our own wheelhouse out, but the reality is there's a lot of people out there that want to get started in kind of the wheelhouse lifestyle and want to get a taste of it. And it doesn't really, uh, not a better way to do that than to rent one. And that's something that random that you offer. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your operation as far as uh, your wheelhouse operation you have out there in Otter Tail County over the winter?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a great way, especially if you're thinking about getting into a wheelhouse, this is a good way to kind of test run it, right? You come rent a house, you can kind of feel it out, um, you can see if you like the layout, what you might want to change if you're going to get your own, and just see if it's a good fit for you. Um, to my knowledge, everybody I've had out loved it. They, they love the experience of it and the way ice castles and, and fish houses in general are set up now, it's, it's a hotel room on the lake, right? So you can be as comfortable as you, as you want to be. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a really good way to, to just kind of sit through it. So um, for instance, when I put mine out, um, if you come and book a house with me, you will need to get to the house, um, but the house is already set up on a good spot, holes are drilled, heat's on. Um, I'll even put the Vikings game on for you if you want that. I don't put Packers on though, so you have to find that one yourself, but, um, yeah. And and I like to check on everybody a couple times a day just to make sure they're doing good. Um, see if they have any questions on the fishing and things like that. So, um, usually try to show up about prime time. So it looks like I'm bringing the fish to the house. Um, and that happens quite a bit actually, but, um, it's just, it's a good opportunity to, to, to learn some stuff. And at the same time, it, it get the entire experience underneath the belt.
1: Yeah, I went out and fished with you a couple of years ago, and it was a really, really good time to get out there and and just have fun and, like, say, uh, just kind of get a chance to experience it all. Especially if you don't have that opportunity. But the way fuel prices are these days, hey, pulling that house. Maybe if you want to take a long run, you're better off just to go ahead and rent one. Uh, you guys, it's been great talking to you today. I always enjoy talking with both of you. Uh, is there something that you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you about? And we'll start with Eric because uh, Randon's always had to go first. So we'll let Eric get started on this one. Anything that you wanted to bring up? Well,
0: the one thing I would bring up is as as good of a place as Ottertail County is to visit, it's an even better place to live. And, and I, I talk a lot. To, I talk about this a lot. We have good jobs, good paying jobs available. Um, you know, lower housing costs. There's all sorts of good reasons to live in Otero County, and I'm not saying you shouldn't come and try it first. Come up for a visit, come fishing, um, check out the communities, check out the area. And and when you're packing up on Sunday night and you're heading back to wherever it is you're heading back to, ask yourself: Do I really need to leave? Could I live here? And and more times than not, I would argue the answer is yes. You can you can have the life you're looking for uh, in Otero County.
1: All right, Randy. closing thoughts.
2: Yeah, it's just a, it's a great place to just be, you know. Um, jobs outnumber people up here. We got houses all over the place. And and like I said in the beginning, there, there's nothing you can't do here. We got fantastic deer hunting, decent duck hunting, great fishing. I mean, the fishing's out of this world. Um, and and like Eric said, for 20 years, you can hit a new lake and, and never touch the same lake twice and, and get all the way through them. So. Um, this is definitely a really good place to just live, um, not only to just enjoy the outdoors, but to really do, to enjoy everything. Um, no traffic jams. Um, the worst traffic jam here, two cars at a stop sign, so it's, it's just a great place. That's all I can say about it. I really love it. I, I'm never moving from here because it's just it's perfect for myself.
1: Or you can find these both these guys on Facebook. Uh, Randon is at Lockjaw Guide Service, and Eric is at The Outdoor Report. And you can find uh, more about Randon and his guide service at his website, LockjawFishing.com. Thanks so much for coming on, guys. Really appreciate it. And uh, I'm not even going to say I may not see you on the ice this year. I'm, I'm definitely going to see you on the ice. So uh, looking forward to that and getting out there and seeing you guys. Really appreciate your time today.
0: Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.